promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved, and though the mountains shake in the depths of the sea. Though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, it shall not be shaken. God shall help it at the break of day. The nations rage and the kingdoms shake. God speaks and the earth melts away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come now. Regard the works of the Lord, what desolations God has brought upon the earth. Behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. Be still then and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Amen. Our reading today comes from Ezekiel, chapter 1, beginning at the fourth verse. I looked, and there was a whirlwind coming from the north, a huge cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it. In the center of the fire there was a gleam like amber. The likeness of four living creatures came from it, and this was their appearance. They looked something like a human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf, sparkling like the gleam of polished bronze. They had human hands under their wings on their four sides. All four of them had faces and wings. Their wings were touching. The creatures did not turn as they moved. Each one went straight ahead. Their faces looked something like the face of a human, and each of the four had the face of a lion on the right, the face of an ox on the left, and the face of an eagle. This is what their faces were like. Their wings were spread upward, each had two wings touching that of another and two wings covering its body. Each creature went straight ahead wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went without turning as they moved. The likeness of the living creatures was like the appearance of blazing coals of fire or like torches. Fire was moving back and forth between the living creatures, it was bright with lightning coming out of it. The creatures were darting back and forth like flashes of lightning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we talked about last week, we're beginning this study in Ezekiel, and we talked about how in Ezekiel, place and time are very important. He's one of the, the prophets that makes sure that he's able to tell you particular times, but then also, uh, place has, has a very important, um, uh, position within Ezekiel because 
he often gives directions, saying where things come from. Here in, in our reading, we, we, we just got done with sort of the preamble, and now we're getting into this amazing uh, Merkaba, the, the, the Shekinah glory kind of picture of God, this, this weird picture that artists have tried to capture, and they're, and they're not really able to because it's this weird sort of thing, as well as there's, there's conflicting traditions of, of what these creatures that we've just read about sort of look like. We're not going to talk too much about that because our goal here, right, is to find the grace of God where it comes to us uh, and, and the mercy and, and how uh, we are to be released from, from uh, our fear, right? And so here it begins with, I looked and there was a whirlwind coming from the north. This is a very important thing, uh, this positioning of, of the north, because as you read through the prophets, uh, when, when things are talked about as something coming from the north, it was talking about conquest. It was talking about invasion. It was talking about, uh, at certain points, Assyria coming into Samaria, into the northern tribes. And here, it's talking about Babylon. It's talking about the Chaldeans coming in to Judah, coming to Jerusalem, saying that this, this massive thing is coming out of the north. And, and the picture that's painted is a huge cloud with fire flashing back and forth, brilliant light all around it. In the sun of the fire, there was a gleam like amber. You can't help but picture the destruction that comes with invasion. Fire, the burning of cities, that, that eventually, that as, as we get into the story, we're going to be hearing about the, the burning of the temple, the burning of the city of Jerusalem, the tearing down of the walls the destruction of God's city. And here it's, so far there's been nothing that has been spoken of of God. All that's all he's seen so far in this vision in verse 4 is that there's this amazing fire, lightning, electricity uh, is, is a word that, the, the, the word that is used when it says there was a gleam like amber. Uh, the The Hebrew word, I learned this from a commentary that, I, that I've been reading, uh, the Hebrew word in modern Hebrew is, is the word for electricity, that there was just this amazing power, this, this craziness coming out of the north that I, I'm guessing Ezekiel's just sitting here going, what in the world, having no idea what it was no idea what is going on just sitting there awestruck and amazed which we're going to discover that's that's the case that it is for for ezekiel but here comes this great power this amazing vision out of the north it says and then we've got we get the creatures the likeness of four living creatures came from it and this was their appearance they looked something like a human so that that this appearance is something that is somewhat familiar to Ezekiel. Okay, we need we need to hold on to that. So put that up on the shelf. Um, uh, and and if you notice too, it talks about that they're living creatures. That that there's something uh, extra special about this vision because this vision is a vision of coming destruction coming destruction of the city of God, and yet it says they're living creatures, that, that in this destruction, life is coming. 
that there's life in this destruction, that that God uh, brings death, but he always brings resurrection too. That, and that also resurrection can't come except through a death. And so, so we, we need to be able to understand this working of God that, that yes, there's going to be pain, there's going to be heartache, but there is always going to be a resurrection, a life that comes post this destruction. Okay. But each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf, sparkling like the gleam of polished bronze. Their, ho- their hooves were straight, or their, their legs were straight and they had hooves. Uh, the hooves there are, are, you know, the symbolism that, that we can take from that is that they were easily able to spin in any direction. Their legs being straight were this... Uh, solid thing in the sense that there was something else that was propelling them. They did not, the, the commentators in the tradition holds that they did not have joints within their legs, that they were almost like statues in a sense, uh, which is interesting because, and, and I have a, a picture connected to this episode for you, but uh, in Babylon, you would have these things that sort of look almost like sphinxes that they would have this body of an ox with wings and a human and a human face. And so when Ezekiel's talking about this, he's been looking around Babylon. He's been in Babylon for a few years now and he's able to see these things. And and God bringing this vision of this this interesting thing of a of, of a winged being, a seraphim as as they later are called, this this winged being having uh, legs that are almost statuesque with hooves uh, in part would be God's message of Babylon is coming for Jerusalem again that that almost God's stealing uh, uh, an image of Babylon to be able to make sure that Ezekiel understands exactly what's going to be taking place and it says that they sp- they were sparkling like the gleam of polished bronze, almost like shields in the sunlight. It's a it's an army that's going to be coming. But here we have this four these four creatures that are attached to this army, right? That are attached to this 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 vision. It says they had human hands under their wings on their four sides. All four of them had faces and wings. Uh, the the tradition holds that they actually had. Uh, 16 faces <laughs> that that uh, each side had uh, 16 faces or, or had four faces on each side so it was a total of 16 uh, that, that's just weird <laughs> I can't I can't like this whole this whole reading you're sitting here going it's hard to be able to picture this because it's this it's this unnatural thing but that should almost be our, our response to God, right? Our understanding of God, that God is an unnatural thing. We're, we're so quick to try and make God like us, to anthropomorphize God, that, that here we have this picture of what is going to turn out to be basically God's chariot, to be something so crazy that it's hard to put a picture to what it is. Uh, and then it says they... Uh, they have these wings. Their wings were touching. The creatures did not turn as they moved. Each one went straight ahead in any direction. That they did not. They did not 
curve around, but they were very pointed in the direction that there were there was certainty in where they were going. That's the the imagery that we have here is that it's it's saying God is certain about this, that this is something that is going to take place. And then uh, two things that come to mind as you as you see this image. One are the the cherubim that that were designed for the temple. If you remember this, that two gigantic cherubim whose wings touched over the mercy seat, over where the 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 Ark of the Covenant was placed in the Holy of Holies, uh, th- that's sort of the image that that is coming to mind here of these angelic beings who have these wings that that um, are are these overarching images of God's uh, presence in the world in a way this unnatural presence this hidden presence this invisible presence that is is shown in somewhat human terms but not really but it's this amazing picture but then also taking you to Isaiah 6 where where we're going to here here it goes on to say that they had ones that covered their bodies and they had ones that were were touching these wings and in Isaiah 6 we're told that these these seraphim or cherubim are flying around and they have six wings and with ones they covered their faces with one they covered their feet and with ones they flew that that there there are some there's similar imagery that is given to these prophets to help them to understand the glory and the majesty of God and that's how this image should be striking us, church, that it's this amazing picture of God's glory and power, that it's something well beyond our comprehension, and that actually the, the, um, the rabbis of old and the Talmud and other places say not really to try and meditate on this passage, because you can't comprehend it. You cannot try and put it into words or to pictures. You just sort of bask in what it is. You live with what it is. This this picture that is painted of God's glory in a particular way. And um, to deal with the, we're we're told about the faces, right? We're told of of the human face, uh, and then we're told of the lion. We're told of the ox, and we're told of the eagle, right? And these are these are uh, the, the, some of the traditions say that this is dealing with the, these different as- attributes of God, such as wisdom or intellect and strength and power, and f- uh, um, the the eagle sort of representing this this high aboveness because it, it can fly. So this this overarching thing of who of who God is, right? But then also, uh, it, it carries with it some some interesting other connotations that these four images and and these are neither here nor there. There's there's nothing of them that uh, hands us any sort of special value in understanding God uh, beyond uh, some of the interesting symbolism of of um, creation, uh, the 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 um, human. Sp- sort of being the the arc of creation the 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 culmination of god's creative work in the human being and you have the lion representing the carnivores and you have the ox representing the herbivores and you have the the eagle representing the birds so that all of creation is is uh um 
resembled within this glory of God, within these seraphim, within these these creatures that are going to be carrying the chariot of God. Uh, but then also each of these images were given to the four gospels as well. Uh, Matthew being the, the human being because he comes speaking of the son of man and, and Christ's incarnation into the world. Mark uh, being the one who who sort of is this the symbol of the lion, this lion of Judah, picture of Jesus, uh, the power of Jesus. Uh, Luke being the the um, the ox uh, of of sort of this this picture of of um, the the strength of Christ, but then also uh, the sacrifice of Christ, and then. John being the eagle, of course, because he's very flighty. That's <laughs> how I would put it. <laughs> that John is sort of the peace, love, dope gospel, right? It's the hippie gospel. Uh, but uh, these these symbols being ones of, of God's uh, incarnation and uh, and his uh, his monarchy, his kingship, seen in the lion and sacrifice seen within the ox, because oxes were sacrificed, bulls sacrificed. Um, and then the eagle being this picture of divinity. These are the Im- this is the imagery that that have got, that has gone down through the ages, both from rabbis, but then also church fathers. That that it is that it's sort of weird, but at the same time, this sort of this beautiful picture of of this full circle of God, of God's presence, even being seen in these servants of God, these messengers of God, these seraphim, these seraphim. That says that uh, that their faces were. This is what their faces were like. Their wings were spread upward. Each had two wings touching that of another, and two wings covering its body. Each creature went straight ahead, wherever the spirit wanted to go. They went without turning as they moved. This is a, a beautiful. I, I love this. That the spirit is working in the way that the spirit is working, and here the spirit is saying. This chariot, this this movement, this power from God coming from the north is going the direction that God has said. That the spirit is going to move these things. Remembering our story from, from last week, where we, we talked about how the way that, that Ezekiel is is telling time is from when Josiah finds when the, when the book of, of the law is found in the temple and brought to Josiah and his all of his reforms. And the interesting thing is that Josiah is doing all these reforms and calling for the Passover and all these other things. And God has to tell him, that's great, dude. You're doing a great job, but it's not going to make a difference. I'm still bringing the Babylonians. All because of your grandfather and your father. And here we have the Spirit doing this work. And it, and it actually comes to us as gospel, right? That God is of so much concern for us that his, he, he will come in a particular way that can bring some destruction into our lives. But in a way, what God did was this cleansing through fire of Jerusalem, this tearing down of the walls, this destruction of the temple, this removal of all these things that had been corrupted by human sinfulness. And through that, then a new work was going to come forth. God, uh, later on, we're we're, going to hear of of Ezekiel writing about how God says, I'm going to take out your stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. That it is that with God coming from the north, coming in the work of the Babylonians, that he is using the chariots of the Babylonians, the army of the Babylonians to do his work. So too then, 
what comes to us in the grace and mercy of God sometimes is sort of this, this uh, surgery that is done to cut out the cancer of sin in our lives, that we might be whole and holy His. And so when we have this, this spoken to us of wherever the spirit wanted to go, wherever the breath, wherever the wind drove these creatures, they went without turning as they moved. There's very much purposefulness in this, that when God is going to be doing a work in you, he's purposeful about it. He's not going to leave it half done. And when he has made a decision about you, his decision is true and it's going to hold true. And so when he comes to you and says, this is what I'm going to do in you, he means it. And so here we can hold on to that and be able to say, yes, Lord, even if it means destruction of things that get in the way of me and you, come and do it, please. And then it says the likeness of of the living creatures was like the appearance of blazing coals of fire or like torches. Again, uh, an image of destruction, but also an image of cleansing. That it, Isaiah 6, for instance, we just talked about it, of, of when he says, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and I've seen the glory of God. And, and it says that an angel went and with tongs and took coals from the altar, brought it and touched his lips and said, You are clean now. <laughs> Your sins are forgiven you. That in a way, within this power of God that's going to be coming within the Babylonian army, that it is God working through that to do this cleansing and forgiving work. Fire was moving back and forth between the living creatures. It was bright with lightning coming out of it. The creatures were darting back and forth like flashes of lightning. Brightness means that there is going to be light at the end of the darkness, that a a sun is going to rise, that it is that for you, church, as God is doing this work in you, as we've said, there's going to be death that's going to come to you. Your death began with your baptism, that it is that you were buried with Christ in your baptism and raised to new life so that if you, so that just as if you were going to die a death like his, you will be resurrected and a resurrection like his, that it is going to be that there's going to be times where God is going to come to you and say, we need to cut that out and I'm going to do it that God's spirit is going to do this renewal in us of our hearts, that he's going to come and mortify our flesh for us, that he's going to do this transformative work in us on our behalf done by him so that we can't boast before him, but only rest in the knowledge of what it is that God is going to do. But with that, knowing that this resurrection, this new life in him, this grace and mercy of God is going to come forth and grant us what it is that we need in him. So as we can continue to go through Ezekiel, those are the things that we're going to want to hold on to. Next week, we're going to be talking about wheels and the actual chariot and the throne and, and all these things to see all of the callbacks that we have in the New Testament to that and how it is that that coming out of the north in this flaming fire with these creatures and, and it being God's purposeful work of using the tool of Babylon to transform his people and transform the land, so too then who comes through that but Christ himself, having his winnowing fork in his hand to get rid of the chaff so that, the, that all is left is the pure wheat, which is you. Let us pray.
Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit renews the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in times of trial. Defend them against all enemies of the gospel and bestow on the church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, continue to share this with others. I hope that you're enjoying it. I am hoping that the study of Ezekiel is going to be fun. It's going to be fun for me. I don't know about you, but I do this for me more than I do it for anything else, because for me, it gives me an opportunity to dig into the scriptures. And I hope that it's the same for you. But please share this with others as much as you can. Uh, let people know what it is that we're doing here, and, and hopefully they will join us in this uh, in this time of hearing God's word come to us in grace and mercy the way that it should, freely given to us, especially in Christ. We'll go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs>